0: When Moses led the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt, he learned the power and the love of God. Join me, Pastor Hook, as we learn lessons from the Exodus and God's great rescue. We are in episode 25 of our study, Exodus, God's great rescue, where we're taking a look at the book of Exodus and this amazing, amazing event that God rescued the people of Israel out of slavery in Egypt. And um, we are now in chapter 13. Uh, we talked yesterday about um, how God wanted to the Israelites to perform this remembrance of this Passover that the angel of death did on, on the whole Egyptian colony. And the firstborn of the Israelites were not killed. And so that forced Pharaoh to let them go. And so he let them go. And God says, I want you to remember this day. I want you to remember this. This was a significant day. And every Israelite to this day still remembers this day when God rescued them out of slavery in Egypt. I mean, it's been what? How many years? 4,000 years since this event happened and they still do it for fourth. I mean, think about that. I mean, from the founding of the United States was 1776. That was what 100, 250 years ago. Um, we st- the, and we we still commemorate, you know, the signing of the Declaration of Independence. That's only 250 years. We, you know, multiply that times 20, and the Israelites, now called the Jews, are still celebrating this historic, amazing event. It is, it is phenomenal. It is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and so, um, that's where we kind of left it off. Uh, but now we're in episode 25 and now God's going to tell them another thing that they're supposed to do. And so we're going to take a look at that and we are going to, um, we're going to do that. So, uh, this is Exodus chapter 13, beginning at verse one. The Lord said to Moses, consecrate to me every firstborn male. The first offspring of every womb among the Israelites belongs to me, whether human or animal. Then Moses said to the people, Commemorate this day, the day you came out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, because the Lord brought you out of it with a mighty hand. Eat nothing containing yeast. Today, in the month of Aviv, you are leaving. When the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Hivites, the Jebusites, the land he swore to your ancestors to give you, a land flowing with milk and honey, you are to observe this ceremony in this month. For seven days eat bread made without yeast, and on the seventh day hold a festival to the Lord. Eat unleavened bread during those seven days, nothing with yeast in it, Is to be seen among you, nor shall any yeast be seen anywhere within your borders. On that day, tell your son, I do this because of what the Lord did for me when I came out of Egypt. This observance will be for you like a sign on your hand and a reminder on your forehead that this law of the Lord is to be on your lips the Lord brought you out of Egypt with his mighty hand. I think I'll stop there. Um, So a lot of stuff here. Uh, First of all, he says, right there in verse 13, he says, I want you to consecrate for me every firstborn male. The first offspring of every womb among the Israelites belongs to me, whether human or animal. Consecrate this with me. The, The Hebrew word here is kadosh, which means holy. It means hallowed. Uh, you can imagine the angels sitting around God in Revelation saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. That's from this Hebrew word kadosh. Uh, kadosh, 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 kadosh uh, is what they're sitting around and praising, praising God, the angels and the, and the archangels and the seraphim and the, the all the people, the angels. Everybody is surrounding God uh, on the last day saying, Holy. And I imagine us being around that throne, praising God, saying, holy, holy, holy. But God says to Moses, holy to me, every firstborn male, the firstborn offspring of every womb, and whether human or animal. And so this is a a thing that God wants the Israelites to do, is to consecrate to them uh, the firstborn son, uh, if you look it up uh, on the internet it's actually they have a ceremony for it it's called the pidyon haben pidyon haben i um, will read a little bit of this the pidyon haben up oh, here we go or redemption of the firstborn male is not by a mitzvah in Judaism whereby a Jewish firstborn son is redeemed by use of the silver coins um, interpretations differ in what the firstborn son is to be redeemed from ranging from being redeemed from the firstborn status, which garnered negative connotation after the 10 plagues or their obligation to serve as priests. Um, so, uh, they do a ceremony for this, um, to redeem, to consecrate or to redeem, uh, here in Exodus 13 chapter one, it says, uh, Exodus 13, verse 1, it says, verse 2, consecrate to me every firstborn male. We're going to get into that a little bit later. Um, But then God says "God says to Moses, commemorate this day, the day you came out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, because the Lord brought you out of it. And so even to this day, they commemorate this time. They, They celebrate with the Passover celebration. It's what Jesus did in the upper room. They had this Passover celebration. Uh, to commemorate or to honor or to thank God for bringing him out of slavery in Egypt, bring him into the promised land. Um, so uh, we, we left at verse, uh, I can't remember what we left at. Uh, yeah, we, we, I think we left at verse 10. Or, so let's, let's just keep reading. Um, yeah, verse nine. This observance will be for you like a sign in your hand and a reminder on your forehead that this law of the Lord is to be on your lips. For the Lord brought you out of Egypt with his mighty hand. You must keep this ordinance at the appointed time year after year. After the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites and gives it to you as he promised an oath to you and your ancestors. You are to give over to the Lord the first offspring of every womb. All the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. Redeem with a lamb every firstborn donkey. But if you do not redeem it, break its neck. Redeem every firstborn among your sons. So this is a pretty serious thing. I mean, think about it. If you're to give over to the Lord, if you're going to kadosh over to God every firstborn, you're also also supposed to do this with the firstborn offspring of every womb. All the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. These are the livestock. Redeem with a lamb... Every firstborn donkey. So if you get a donkey, if a firstborn donkey is born, male, you're supposed to redeem that with a lamb. If you don't, then you're supposed to break its neck. Now it's not clear which neck. I'm pretty sure it's the donkey's neck here. So you're supposed to, if you have a donkey that's born, that's firstborn, you have to give that to the Lord with a lamb. And if you don't have a lamb to give to the Lord, It still doesn't mean that this donkey belongs to you, and so you have to break the donkey's neck, and you're supposed to redeem every firstborn among your sons. So there's so much here. I mean, why would you do this? I mean, here you have a donkey that is born. It's male, and now because this male donkey is born, you have to go and get a lesser animal, which is a lamb, and you have to give that lamb to the god maybe to god sacrifice it or whatever to god i mean there's a price for this firstborn male donkey that's given and if you don't have a lamb if you're so poor that you don't have a lamb or there is no lamb available the donkey still belongs to god and you have to break its neck and it has to die now why would god do this it doesn't make any sense whatsoever does it i mean um it just seems like a waste, doesn't it? But what God is trying to convince Israel and to try to show Israel is a very, very, very important biblical truth. And that is, that donkey was never the Israelite persons to begin with. That donkey was a gift from God to that person to be used in, for that person in the service of God. Remember the first command that God gave Abraham when he said, listen, I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you. Why? So that you may bless others. In other words, this blessing from God, everything that we have in life is a blessing from God. And we're supposed to use those blessings to serve the world around us. And that's all that this is. God says the firstborn donkey is yours. Uh, but it, but in order for you to keep it, you have to sacrifice something else, which is this lamb. And because you have to give, you have to redeem this donkey to me. It is my donkey. I gave it to you. Now, you can use it as a workhorse or whatever they use donkeys for. But But you are supposed to remember that this is a gift from God. And I think that is such a healthy, healthy, healthy thing for us to think about. That all the gifts that we have are gifts from God to us to be used in His service. Now, you would think there's a a couple things on this. First of all, um, we live in a society, the United States, where the value of a person is given based upon how much money they have or the status of the job they have. Or the family that they grew up in, or uh, you know the the schools they went to. I mean, all of this stuff that is superficial, totally superficial. The value that you have to God is God's value because He loves you because He redeemed you. I mean, He sent His Son to die for you. He put a high price on your life. You are loved by God. Man, that is such a powerful statement. Um. There are so many people in our world today that don't believe they have value, that don't believe they have any worth whatsoever. I mean, maybe when they're born and they live in a very, very healthy family and the healthy family surrounds them with love and gives them joy and gives them all of the things that a family provides, they feel loved, they feel cared for, they feel value. Uh, If they're gone, The family is sad, and when they come back, the family is happy. All the great things that families provide. But as kids grow up today, there's this other competing voice in the world out there that says, maybe your value isn't your family. Maybe your value isn't that you're a child of God. No, your value is in how much you can do for society, how much money you have, how much wealth you have, how how many things you can do, whether or not you're a doctor. Like the doctor is the highest person and value of our society today, right? I mean, if you got a PhD in medical degree, then our society says you are the most valuable person, or maybe a lawyer is the next most valuable person, right? How about teachers? I mean, do we value teachers? I think we value them, but the system is so messed up that we don't necessarily uh, value them as well as we should. Um, all of that stuff, but everybody has intrinsic value, every single one. And this is such a great thing that your parents redeemed you from God. I mean, when you were born, if you were a Jewish kid, right, when you were born, your parents had to give you shekels, what, five shekels, to redeem you because they loved you so much. I mean, that's value. And that value grows and grows and grows. No human being on this earth does not have value. Period. There are a lot of people out there uh, who are suffering because they have they feel like they have no value whatsoever. I mean, how do you? One of the ways that you can you know create this sense of value, this sense of self worth, uh, is oh you know you you go and you get a job and you get your first paycheck and somebody actually pays you money for the work that you did. I mean, that's that's a great thing, value too, right? But over and above all of that, your value is that you are a child of God, period. And if you come from a loving, healthy family that loves you and cares for you, that is a value also. If you're part of a church or, uh, yeah, if you're part of the church and, and God you know, has called you into his marvelous presence and his marvelous light and loves you and cares for you and you are a redeemed, saved, uh, baptized member of God's church, there's value there. And we should place more value on those things and less value on the things that the world says make you valuable. You know, the job you have or the career you have or how much money you have or the or the position you hold or all that stuff. I mean... They may be great for a community to move forward, for a world to move forward, for things to get done. There's a value on that side, but there is a base value in you that is higher than any of that stuff. And that is you are a beloved child of God. And I don't know how to, how do you, if the world has been telling you that your value is based upon how much you can produce and you're not producing for a period of time in your life, it can destroy you it can say you have no value. And I wonder if this is one of the reasons why there's such a high rate of people taking their lives in the United States because they're like, I have no value. We're in a world right now where that is transitioning. It's automating. And what I mean by that are a lot of positions that used to be done just by hard labor uh, is now being done by automation. And when you transform your society from a, a heavily labor-intensive society to a heavily internet, intellectual, computer programming society, there's this transition, this major transition that happens. And in that transition, a lot of people will feel like we have no self-worth, period, because we're not in the computer age. Like the only thing we can do is manual hard labor. And if I can't even do that, if I can't find a job in that, then where's my value? My friends, you are valued because you're a child of God. You are valued because you're a human being that God created in this world And he loves you more than anything. And that is the intrinsic value that you have of all value. Um, And that is why God tells them to redeem with a lamb every firstborn donkey. It was not their donkey to begin with. Everything that we have in life, even our very life, is a gift from God. And uh, if you want to live a healthy, productive, wonderful life filled with joy and peace and knowing what your purpose is, know that God has given you everything that you have, and that He's asked you to use that in service to Him. And if you can keep that first and foremost in your mind, you will live a life filled with joy and a sense of purpose, and uh, and filled with love, uh, uh, and uh, and uh, and value, and identity, and I mean all the stuff of the world that comes out you out at you that says you're worthless and you know, you, you, none of that matters because you're a child of God. And, and that's what God's trying to teach the Israelites here by saying, you've got to redeem the donkey with a lamb. And if you don't have a lamb, then you got to break the donkey's neck because it's not your donkey. It's my donkey. I'm giving it to you to use for a period of time, man. I, I wish it was stuff like that now that we, that we could, um, well, tithing, right, is, is, a, is a, in a sense, it's, I don't think God needs the money. I don't think the church needs the money. I really do believe, though, that the act of giving back to God, your firstborn or whatever, your, your a portion of what he has given you, is such a great thing to help refocus your mind, to say, these funds that I have are not mine And when I die, they're not going with me. I mean, they're just, they're just funds, right? And um, I'm called by God to use these, to manage, to steward this gift from him to do the best I can for his service and his kingdom. And, and if, if you do that in your life and you, and you transform your thinking from it's, it's all mine, 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 mine to it's a gift from God that He's managed, that He's given me to manage as a stewardship. You will you will fulfill God's purpose for your life and you will live a great life. Uh, it doesn't matter what, because everything you have, not only your money, but your time, your talents, that that your, you know, every breath that you have is a gift from God to be used in his service. That's it. And when you do that, you will you will you will have manifold blessings upon you manifold blessings upon you. Um, let's see. Yeah, the other thing about this uh, text, um, we'll go back and just read it. This is verse nine. This observance will be for you like a sign on your hand and a reminder on your forehead that this law of the Lord is to be on your lips. For the Lord brought you out of Egypt with his mighty hand. Now this is interesting. Um, sometimes in Orthodox Jewish communities, you will see people wearing uh, what they call phylacteries or uh, tefillin. They're, um, they're little boxes and inside the boxes, they have Hebrew scriptures and it all comes from this. They took a very, very literal interpretation. We've talked about how you can interpret Genesis in you know a very literal way or a non-literal way. He says, this observance should be signed on your hand and a reminder on your forehead that this law of the lord is to be on your lips. So there are people that take this very very literally and they wear a little box you write on their forehead and on their hands and inside those boxes are, are little scriptures and and they because they're taking this very literally. Now, do you have to take it literally? I don't know i mean god doesn't say to take all of scripture literally because in lots of places of scripture uh there's an inference behind it i mean you could look at this and say when god says to wear it on your hand and on your forehead the law of the lord it could be that all he's saying is listen it's it's as if you're wearing it on your forehead as if you're wearing it on your hand put it first and foremost on your on your mind uh, and keep it on your mind but if you want to take it literally there's nothing wrong with that too. You wear it on your forehead and you wear it on your hand, and many Orthodox Jewish people do. And it's it's a it's something that they do that reminds them daily of the great blessing of God that He redeemed them out of slavery in Egypt. And if if you can be reminded Without wearing that stuff, I think that's okay. But if you, if I think people, Jewish people, Orthodox Jewish people that put that, you know, wear the phylacteries, I think they have a deep and abiding understanding of what God's grace and mercy is at a very, very deep level. So I don't think that's bad at all. Um, And uh, let's see. I think we'll leave it there. Um, Maybe not. No, we'll, we'll, nope, we're not going to leave it there. We're going to. I will tell you what the texts are uh, that's on the the Teflin, um, because there's four of them and they're actually from here uh, we haven't read them yet maybe i'll just tell them to you it's exodus 13 1 through 10 which we just started reading and then it's exodus 13 11 through 17 which is the following chapter and then it's deuteronomy 6 uh, the great shema from israel hear o israel the lord your god the lord is one and you shall love the lord your god with all your heart soul and mind that is in the phylactery. And then Deuteronomy 11, which is a kind of a reflection also about, about how the word of God should penetrate your heart. So we haven't read those yet, so I'm not going to read them to you now. But those are the four uh, tefillin texts that go in the little box that you put around your hand or your head or whatever, that become part of your uh, following of this command, this literally following this command from God. Um, did I finish reading, though? Uh, yeah, I did. So we redeem the firstborn lamb and then we wear this on our hands. Um, so when we pick up tomorrow, uh, we will pick up on Exodus 13, beginning at verse 14, when God still continues to talk to Moses about what they're supposed to do to remember to come out of this, out of this. Because, um, this is, as I've mentioned, this is the number one thing if you are a Jewish person, the number one act of the hand of God was to deliver you out of slavery in Egypt and to bring you into the promised land. That is it. And because of that, God puts a few things around it to help us remember God's great grace. Um, oh, and I should say that the redeeming of the firstborn son, we as Christians don't do this anymore. I think it would not be a bad to take and consecrate your firstborn son to say, God, this is yours. Uh, in my case, I'd like to give it back to God. <laughs> I love my son. And uh, uh, I, I have, you know, tried to raise him as well as I can. Um, and I know that he is a child of God. that He's loved by God. Um, but because the firstborn sacrifice was done by God's son, God actually came flesh and the son Jesus was. Uh, was a ultimate sacrifice for all of these Old Testament things that need to be done, to remind us and all that the you know all of the all of the rules that we'll see in Exodus, all of that was fulfilled by Jesus, and so we don't have to do this anymore. But it's not a bad idea to do some of this stuff because it is in the Old Testament it pleases God. But if it overshadows the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus, then it's not good. So um, I think we'll leave it there. And uh, why don't we close in prayer? Gracious God, thank you for the blessings of this day. And uh, thank you for delivering the Israelites out of Egypt and giving them these commands so that we would never forget that every gift that we have in our life is a gift from you to be used in your service. And help us to do that. In Jesus' name, amen.